This is Pamela. Welcome back to the podcast, Purpose by Design. I'm so glad you're here, and I have the most amazing guest with me today, a wonderful minister, a fabulous friend. Vicki Meyerding is here today on the program, and I'm so excited for you all to get to know her because she's a blessing to my life. Her ministry and her story are a blessing to every place the world takes her. And so she's from Minnesota, where I'm from. In fact, she attends the church I pastor. Um, and I am so thankful you are here, uh, Vicki. And by the way, the church is Victory Celebration. I'm so excited to talk to Vicki that I didn't even say the name of the church. So Vicki, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you and your husband do, and then we'll jump into your story. Okay, great. I I'm uh, Vicki, as, as she said, I am married to Casey, and so we are the Meyerdings, and we do have a wonderful ministry together that God put together because we didn't know before we got married that we were both called to the same group of peoples, that being First Nations. And so we found that out on our honeymoon that we'd already been uh, called individually, so uh, God had a plan. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing when you get such confirmation that you married the right person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good thing finally for me. So we get to uh, travel a lot with Native pastor, different pastors that we know in the Native community, and we go to um, all the reservations we can get into. So we're constantly moving that territory out as we gain favor and uh, mostly we go to um, places that might have been hit with a flood or they need, you know, we have these uh, big trucks with uh, trailers full of food to give away and water bottles and clothing and household items. We get a lot of donations, lots of brand new stuff, and we just keep taking these and uh, distributing them and getting to know the people in that particular reservation. And so usually we're pretty welcomed in and then word of knowledge, you know, and we just love on the people and share what we have. And um, sometimes there's a, a pastor there and we might get invited to uh, take part in the service and, you know, go to their church or maybe even have an outdoor tent meeting or something like that. So we we're used to sharing the gospel, but we, um, we don't have to. Because, you know, to love people is the first commandment, right? right. Well, the first one, love God and, and then love people like you Absolutely. do yourself. And so if you're on track with that, uh, usually doors open and, you know, we just love meeting First Nations people. I believe that it's their time to rise and take the lead. I yes. really believe that. And so we've had... Well, there's a native church, two of them here that we are involved in also. So we stay pretty busy. <laughs> yes, you guys do. And I think that how God has called you to the First Nations, and that means the Native Americans or the American Indian people is who Vicki is speaking about in case you're wondering, what's a First Nation? That's, that's it right there. And reaching out into that community and just being an example of the love of God and letting God bring surplus to them, whether it's in the practical area or in area of prayer or ministry. 
and showing them that although there's this history that they carry, and you're going to tell us about your history, but the history that they carry might have a stigma about the, quote, Christian church that has been very um, dysfunctional and harmful. And you are some of the people going in there and saying, hey, we're so sorry that that happened. And we're here to show you what it should look like. And you're making a great impact. And as you're telling your story today, share as much of that other as, as it kind of weaves together. But I believe that your testimony and story set you up to be able to step into First Nations and to have a heart that understands uh, what in some ways they've been handling or dealing with emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, because of what you understand because of where you have come from. So, but before we hear all of where you've come from, I have two questions I ask everybody. Vicki, do you have a summertime specialty that you like to drink? Are you an iced tea gal or is it root beer or are you an iced coffee gal? Is there a special thing you like in the summer? Well, yes, I do turn my coffee into iced coffee in the summer. Yeah, me too. I, I like to drink kombucha. Kombucha, all right. Yeah, I think it, it helps me. So I drink that a lot and it's, you know, it's a cold drink. Yep. I can't imagine it being hot. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. there it is. <laughs> Great. And is there a certain flavor kombucha do, that you like? No, I've been trying them all. Trying them all. Do you make them or do you buy them? You know, my husband tried to make some, <laughs> but I buy them. I just, yeah, I just <laughs> prefer the store-bought. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to ask, is there a certain book that you've been reading or a certain YouTube station or um, somebody that you've been listening to that's really inspiring you right now? Well, you know, um, and I have to say, in addition to uh, the Word of God, in addition to all that you um, bring forth to us on, on a daily basis, I do go to my, uh, my favorite, um, what do you call it, uh, with daily devotional, I guess, is written by Spurgeon, and I really get a lot from him. So that's, that's my favorite book, go-to book every day. Awesome. Um, I've read some books lately that are inspiring as well, like reading about John Hyde's life, The Life of Prayer. Oh my gosh, did yes. that ever move me <laughs> to pray way more. But um, yeah, Spurgeon is, is enough for me right now to, <laughs> to <laughs> add to, you know, the word that Amen. I already get. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. And yes, yeah, Spurgeon, you just can't get much better than that. That's a really good one to be reading and to be sharing because people don't always think about that. It's like when you say, oh, the John G. Lake book, somebody goes, oh, yeah, why haven't I been looking at that? So I think that's great. Yeah. So um, you know what? The, the stage is yours. Tell us your story. What, what, is, what has made Vicki who she is today? How have you arrived Mm -hmm. to be a traveling minister, reaching out to First Nations, doing all that God has you do. How did you get here? Well, I had um, an interesting life in Iowa growing up, and I think I my challenges were a little difficult, but then I think we all have challenges, probably from birth. And that's important to know that those are 
there. Everybody has them. Uh, it might be things that happened before they were even born in their family. Sure. Or where they were born or et cetera. So I just want to say that, that I don't feel uh, in any way special that I have certain challenges that I had to overcome because we just have to find out what they are. And the main thing is to somebody teach young people that they are a challenge to overcome and not defeat. Sure. Things that happen, for instance, I was born in a, a family that had uh, an alcoholic father and uh, we didn't see much of dad. Now we also had, so we had some poverty issues where I never had any spending money as a child growing up. I never got to go to the, take my money, my you know allowance and go somewhere and spend it. And we had no new clothes. So uh, basically I don't know where mine came from. Mom, you know, probably got them hand me down somewhere. Uh, we had, you know, it was a little hard going to school and you're kind of trying to hide what you're wearing or whatever, <laughs> things like that. Uh, I understand, you know, that lack thing. And my mother had to work a job and raise three kids pretty much on her own. And then we had, so on top of that, she didn't have much time for us as far as I don't think she understood how to develop intimacy with her children. I think her hands were pretty full and she was pretty angry too. And probably dad was too. <laughs> sure. And of course my father was, <clears throat> as we found out close to his uh, passing away, he was raped at 12. So he started oh. drinking and smoking G at age 12. So my father was very bound up and, um, with some, you know, spirits and things that he couldn't quite function the way he would have liked to. And uh, so, and then also we had something else to deal with in our family. Uh, I found out that my mom, my dad, my two brothers and myself were being molested or had been molested. Uh, I had that happening in my life since I guess nine months old. And then through my adulthood probably a lot of rape over 20 times different times in college and then before college and what have you so so I had found out this later that this is a spirit that was in our family that had never been broken so we have things you know to deal with <laughs> and uh, the main thing is to um, figure out how not to stay stuck in it and uh, God you know he doesn't he doesn't fault us for what happens to us. Um, it, it's not about um, what happens to us. It's about how we respond to what happens to us. Yes. You know? And when you learn that, um, the, then that's the key to getting beyond the, the catastrophes and the uh, disadvantages and the you know, crimes and the, and the spirits that are in our lives. The key is to realize I need to respond in the right way. How does God want me to respond? He right. wasn't for that stuff, but he wants us to overcome the challenge. Right. And so I, I grew up, you know, with the pretty much of us low self-image, very, did not feel valuable at all. Um, you know, no intimate relationship with my parents. 
uh, pretty vulnerable. And that, well, is a lot of people today, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and we go out and we're, we're blinded by that. So we're, we're vulnerable. We are gullible usually. We're just looking for love and where is it, you know, and who is that person I'm supposed to, to meet? And, and it just makes you real uh, open to whatever uh, comes along. I used to admire my mother because she, boy, she could see a snake coming. <laughs> she, knew, <laughs> she knew what, almost like what was on a person's mind. And I would just marvel at that. I'd go, how did you know he was like that? You know, and she had this knowing. And uh, I just couldn't see it in anybody that there was anything wrong or something to be uh, concerned about. And so uh, I realized later, you know, if we don't have uh, a foundation, which is built on the truth, and it's it's of course built on the, the rock, which is Christ. And when he, if you haven't come into his realm, his kingdom yet, uh, you don't know his word, then it's like we don't have a backbone. We don't have a foundation to stand on. So we don't know what, what is right, what looks right and what looks wrong very well. You know, it's like we are blinded until that light comes in. And uh, I ended up in um, all the wrong places. I met all the wrong people. Ended up as my desire was to dance and to be an actress. <laughs> and I wanted, and I started taking classes in all of that. But, uh, you know, as I tried to make my way through school, uh, survival was always a challenge for me. I get it when people can't figure out how to pay the bills your job isn't quite enough or you, you don't have a job right now. And, and I fell into that uh, whole desperation of, 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 you know, how to make money. And I chose some illegal ways to make money. So one of the ways was I was a stripper, uh, loved to dance and wanted to entertain. So there I was. <laughs> it took a little, took a few drinks to be able to do it in the nude. But I, I, I took on that lifestyle and um, all that goes with it ended up meeting a pimp. And so I understand that whole life of being controlled, being in fear, uh, you know, the, the whole slave mentality. I understand it. And uh, pretty much I can imagine anyone in that lifestyle wants to really probably die. You know, they, I certainly went there and wanted to, to end my life and in uh, when you just even today if I hear uh, some ye man yelling at somebody it reminds me of that whole that whole lifestyle being sure. under that uh, controlling angry spirit and I um, I just think to myself oh they I bet they want to just die you know <laughs> yeah. because it's a terrible feeling to be oppressed like that um, you know, and trying to escape, oh, five times I did. But the thing is, is that God, he's so close to the brokenhearted. When your heart is broken and you are so in a point of just despair, God is the closest as ever. That And, and I know that because that was, that was where I got eventually. Uh, I totally uh, 
was asking people to shoot me in the head. I wanted so badly to leave. And, wow. and that, it was interesting because one day I walked downtown Minneapolis, there was the State Theater and I was still dabbling in acting. I'd been to New York several times. Uh, uh, my teacher had me come out there, I'd auditioned out there, but, but you know, with the low self-image, you're not gonna get too far in anything I think that you try to do. And so I saw the theater and it's marquee downtown. And I thought, oh, you know, one more, I'll just give that another try, uh, one more try. Like I was gonna go in there and I went in there, it was on a Wednesday and I, I walked into the place and said, I'm here to audition. And <laughs> it was a church, <laughs> I didn't know that. It was <laughs> JP on the marquee. I didn't know what that was. So it was Jesus People Church. And I went to this, and this lady comes up to me. She's, her name was Grace. And she says, oh, she goes, you could see her just thinking because she was trying to figure out how this woman, how she could keep me there uh, and, and know that there weren't any more parts to give out for this particular musical. So she says, uh, can you, you know, work backstage or, you know, can you do makeup or costume? I think all the parts are, are given out. And I thought, oh, sure, I'll do that because then I can be a shoe in for the next performance, right? So I, I stay and I listen to their thing they were doing on a Wednesday night. Now, my church experience, I grew up as uh, Eastern Orthodox. My mother was Lebanese. Her family has been in the Orthodox Church all their life. Is very similar to a Catholic service, very, very close, you know. So I grew up in that, and I believed that Jesus died on the cross for us, and I, I was taught a reverence for God. So I always wanted to please God. I didn't know how I would ever know if I was, okay? So <laughs> if you don't have a connection... You just, you, th you know, I thought he was an entity in the sky somewhere. Right. And uh, I didn't know how to read a Bible. I didn't, wasn't taught how to pray. Um, there just wasn't a connection yet. So I, in fact, I got headaches during the services all my life because they had smoke coming out of a chalice and that incense me. <laughs> gave me headaches. But anyway, <laughs> I went in and I, this lady she invited me to sit down and I listened to them and I thought, hmm, this is, these people are awfully nice to me. And I, I looked like the world, I know I did. And I totally uh, was used to being treated uh, like not so valuable, right? Not so good. I'd been thrown out of a lot of places and I, I thought, well, all right, I'm gonna, they said we meet again on Sunday morning, so I'll come Sunday morning and my gosh, they just loved on me. They just wanted to know who I was. Everybody came around. Like they were interested in who I was and I, I could hardly believe it. I just thought, what is this? So I encountered, I think from the first time in my life, the love of God, just waves of it. Just, they kept, they kept bringing it on and I thought, man, I can't wait to come back tonight. And so then I, that was the service where I actually um, was offered the opportunity to receive Christ. And I, I just figured, well, they said, if you receive Christ, you'll, 
he'll start to talk with you and have a relationship with you. And I, I thought, man, that's something I've always wanted my whole life is to know what God's saying or what he thinks. And I could actually hear him. I'm going up there, you know, and I, <laughs> and uh, I was such a new ager at the time too. I had gone through that for seven years and I, I just, uh, I didn't believe in sin. So <laughs> I thought it was, it was just, everything's objective, subjective. So, um, but I went up there with that, with that interest in thinking, okay, let's see if he comes into my life. And so I did ask him in and boy, I'll tell you what, now uh, you find out he started speaking to me right away. I could hear him. I could hear his thoughts and they were obviously his. I'd never thought like that and never heard thoughts like that. And so I could hear uh, my Lord talking to me and I would often write it down. And I was just thrilled. I, my whole life changed like, you know, someone pulling the rug out from under a whole mountain of mess. And uh, so from there, I realized this is the foundation. This is the backbone that my mother had. She didn't mm. know how to share it, but that's when I got a backbone. And I started to realize my God is shaping who I am and what I am to, to believe, what's true. And, and so with, with that as my arsenal, I mean, I was able to, to start to live life in a whole different way that worked. I mean, life works with the truth, with following him. And I, I had decided I'm going to do it your way. God, I've tried my way. I've, I give up. I blew it. <laughs> Nothing is working. So when you decide to do it his way, man, everything works, doesn't it? And <laughs> yes. And so, so uh, I really started to grow. I, I obeyed him in all ways that I could imagine. If, it's, if he said to tithe and give offerings, I did it. Didn't matter if I had little tiny bit of money, I would just do it to be obedient. And man, year after year, I'd get a little more income. My income would grow. And, and you know, so, so things were just blossoming in my life. And, and I, of course, then was able to discover the gifts and the, and the callings that God had on my life. If you're in a community that knows the Lord, you're going to find out lots of things about you, your purpose and, and who you are and what you have to offer. Yes. So those things started to, of course, uh, come to fruition. You know, God started maturing me. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's no more, you know, when you have guns pointed in your face, I have had that three times in my life. When you've had a lifestyle that, that you just, and then you get saved. It's like, you ask me, why am I giddy all the time? <laughs> I mean, that lifestyle is over. <laughs> it's completely over. No more victim. <laughs> now I get victory. Yes. Isn't that awesome? And that's what he does. He, he shows us how to overcome those things we had in our life. And my safety was in my parents' home when I was growing up. That was an umbrella of safety. But once I left, if I didn't have the truth, if I didn't have Christ, I wasn't safe. 
And I sure enough uh, walked out into rebellion, not having known how to deal with the challenges that I grew up with. That is such a story. And you said that you were no longer a victim, that you had the victory. And I wrote that down and I went, you know, that is why you are so good in the First Nations and other communities, because you know what it's like to feel victimized. You know what it's like to literally be the victim and how to identify and help people come out of that. So I'm not trying to say that all of us haven't had those situations because we've all gone through things, but there are definitely people that we end up and people groups that we end up being called to because we have something in us God given to that, that helps us to be able to identify and teach and minister and counsel to them. Whereas somebody else wouldn't identify, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to connect with that person. But with you, I can see how so many that feel hurting, uh, kind of like walking in a circle in their life and not really knowing, just following a repetitive pattern from generation to generation and just accepting mm -hmm. it, maybe angry about it, but accepting it. And here you're coming in and saying, you know what, I can show you how to not be a victim anymore. And, and really, you've, we, we've all walked it, but there are people that have walked things that others can relate to. And you have walked it in such a way that, that yeah, there are the people groups you are called to that are absolutely going to say, Vicki gets me. She gets me. And isn't that what we're looking for in life is somebody to get us? Yeah. Like somebody gets me. They understand why I am the way I am. They get me. And because of that, we can speak each other's language, our heart language, and be able to pull them up in Christ, pull them up to heaven's calling. And that's what I see you and your husband doing is going out and bringing a slice of heaven to people. And, um, yeah, I mean, and then, and then depositing the thought of something better. Yes. And it lands on the hearts of those that are ready. Yes. I am so excited that you are sharing this story. Now, you and your husband travel, and you do a lot of work in, other, in many different places, but a lot in the First Nations. <clears throat> the First Nations have struggled in many ways, just as much in some ways more than uh, what we're even dealing with in the, in the black community right now. I don't wanna say that they've had it worse or that this community's had it worse because then I, you know, people could think I'm being judgmental. <laughs> you know, I mean, right, how truly, can yeah, how can I decide? I can't, but you know what? I didn't grow up in either of those communities. The community I grew up in was totally different and although it had its hardships and challenges, it was very different than what would be going in, in in other communities. So what have you seen working in the Native community, Vicki, that helps to bring a sense of equality and a belonging and that they um, 
are understood or feel accepted in the surrounding communities that once you get outside of First Nation and the rest of the nation, right? And how do you think that could be pulled over today into what we're trying to, my heart is to see our nation rebuild from the inside out, rebuild without walls. What have you and your husband learned there that could be applied right now with the overarching tension and everything else that yes, is real and it's out there, but I, I know as well as you do that like most of America, the hearts of people, Americans, we want unity. We want to be united we stand, you know? That's the heart I really believe of the majority of people. And it's just sometimes not knowing what to be sensitive to, what to say, what not to say, or how to bridge that gap. So you have grown up, have this incredible story about walking over from victim to victory, and now you're in ministering and ministering out of that abundance that you've walked through. What would you say to people that are listening today that are going, you know, I have been a victim and I'm from wherever, or I want to be part of rebuilding, but I don't know what to do, or I want to be part of rebuilding, but I've been so hurt, it's hard for me to put the walls down. What do you have to say to that person listening today? Well, I might share uh, something personally that I was told to do. And I had a huge amount of anger and uh, unforgiveness that I didn't even know about. But if you can imagine being kind of victimized over the years, that would build up. And so, and I, I am... Um, I walked into some church that I wanted some free counseling and this old gentleman with white hair told me to go home. He, I was with him five minutes. He said, you need to go home and just uh, get, get alone and bring up everybody you can think of, every man that hurt you and ask forgiveness. I, I mean, uh, forgive them, he said, to forgive them. And uh, that is, that took me about two or three hours. I was crying the whole time, but I went and did it. And what a breakthrough. So what is God say? He says to forgive, to bless, to love your enemies, you know, not to, not to hang on to that. And the Lord showed me if we hang on to the things that happen, the victimizing, the, 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 the bitter things that happen. And it's like we're wearing them as a badge and, mm -hmm. and they're there and they weigh us down and they Good. do more damage to us than anybody. Yeah. And God is saying, give that to me. I'm waiting for you to give it to me. Yes, it was bad. And I, and I didn't like that it happened to you, but I need you to give it away. Just give it back to me and say, here, Lord, you take it. I forgive. I release them. I let it go. And that's such a main, I mean, basic thing we all have to learn in our lives. I mean, day in and day out, you know, right? right? To not hang on to those things. But, you know, it's also important to, to understand what somebody went through. And, yeah. and they choose to share with you. That's a privilege and honor. And you'd want to listen. And, uh, you know, my husband and I have read books on, many books on uh, Native history so that we understand that 
we've learned so much more than was ever in any book we had growing up in history class. Uh, nothing practically was covered uh, really about their uh, heritage. And so um, you have to really hear what it is that, because most people don't know what they've gone through. Most people are clueless of what the Catholics did in their schools to force these people to lose their culture and et cetera. Um, all the abuse that went on and uh, trying to erase their culture. My gosh, their culture is beautiful. Every culture has beautiful things to offer and to bring to the table. And, and oh my gosh, they're all, all cultures have something to celebrate, right? And, right. and um, you can do that, but it's also good to let them know that you have half of an inkling of what might have happened to them and uh, get to know their history and let them tell their story uh, because that's half the battle is, is just th being alienated from the rest of the country or the rest of other cultures because they don't, they're clueless. <laughs> and right. we don't want to be alienated. We want to know each other. You know, we, we want to know our stories and what happened and, and then show that we have a, a real genuine concern about that. You know, what, what can we do? What can I do? That's so and, good. And, and once they see you uh, sincere, you keep coming back or you keep uh, showing love and that it's just like any other person. They'll, they'll start to, to trust and, and want uh, to receive maybe what you have to give, you know. So um, I, just, I just find, and even when I lived in the, in the hood, so to speak, for 20 years, I, you know, I find that um, if you continually show yourself uh, a friend and, and sincerely care about them, uh, everybody responds. Everybody finally comes, comes back with friendship. I still am involved with people I lived with back next door to in the 80s. I'm still, you know, a, a wonderful Native American family, my neighbors. And, um, you know, I'm still friends with them all. And, and they call me auntie, but, you know, <laughs> but some of them do. But uh, it's rewarding to get involved in people's lives and, and just start treating them like your family. Um, that's what we do. That's, that's so what we good. do. And that's what the scriptures say, you know, to prefer one, in, one another, right? To love one another. And that God himself was so interested in having family that he created one, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and, and that God yeah. is about family. Man, that hits the nail right on the head right there. I mean, so if we're going to, and you've seen it working in your own life and as you minister, you just were saying, love just love but also listen like take time to say your story matters which is why i'm doing this podcast because i want people to hear each other's stories so we can truly rebuild our nation from the inside out right just each one sitting down with one person i say one by one the war is won and that's exactly what i'm hearing you say and that that's your heart cry. Well, before we wrap up, do you have anything else that you would like to say to the listeners? You have some golden nugget. And then of course, tell us, 
tell them how they can get in touch with you. And we also will have any of that information in the description as well. But yeah, last words. Well, I guess I would say this, um, you know, going out to people is great and getting up and speaking or, you know, my husband's a musician. So doing music or all these things, bringing, bringing gifts, uh, all that is great. But do you know that the most thing we do on a daily basis is we pray and prayer. We have native, we have first nations prayer every week. We have prayer, uh, I have prayer groups that I'm involved in every day, one or two or three, depending on what day it is. And so prayer is the, is the absolute requirement <laughs> to yes. get anything else to, to go, to, to be effective or to work. So uh, much prayer. And then people get to know that you're praying and they'll call and ask even for prayer. But uh, that's just a major thing. I think most believers would, would know that, but you never know. Um, going is important going and doing uh, but you gotta you gotta be in prayer a whole lot <laughs> to see right. the real results right so, you know. America needs prayer right now always does but if there was ever a time for America uh, to be hitting her knees in prayer for one another it's right now so true Yes. So how do people find you and your husband <laughs> well we have um uh, on our business card, I guess you'd say, or ministry card, uh, we're hooked up with a ministry called Open Arms or, or missions.com. So OA for Open Arms, nativemissions.com. And uh, let's see. So that is, and then our, I don't know if I should leave um, our email address or phone numbers or what have you. Email would be good. Okay, so it's either VL Meyerding, M E Y E R D I N G, at gmail.com, uh -huh. or my husband is C E Meyerding at gmail.com. All right, and we will put all of that information in the description as well. Well, thank you, Vicki, for sharing your story. And Absolutely. I'm so excited for, you know, what comes from it as the healings, the ministry that comes from you sharing your story. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. And please, yeah, comment, share, you know, if this podcast is a blessing to you, make comments, let us know what you thought of Vicki's uh, story that she shared today. We would love to hear responses from you and let us know that this podcast is a blessing to you. And of course, as I already said, share it, share it, share it. Listen, learn, share. That's what I like to say. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Vicki. And thank you everyone for listening. Love and blessings. We'll see you again real soon.